Welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Barker, and today on the show we are doing Horror Bites number three, and I am joined by Orlean. Hello, Orlean. How are you doing? Hey, Brucker. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good. So today on the show, we got some horror news, a horror press article to plug, and we got a some trailer talk. We're going to talk about Jennifer's Body trailer, because that's going to be the next full episode on this show. So we got some some fun stuff coming up. Um, I guess just like getting right into the horror news. The thing that, that's top of mind to me that's coming out soon is the Wednesday Netflix show. Uh, starring oh Jenna gosh. Ortega. This looks very good. I'm so excited. They just shared the uh, the title theme with the amazing, creepy music uh, by Danny Elfman. And it is, oh, it's it's spooky. It's creepy. It's not quite scary yet, but there are scary elements. I love it. I'm very excited. It looks very fun, and I love that you brought up the Danny Elfman score because him and Tim Burton are kind of always the the duo with each other, kind of doing stuff. You know, kind of like how Spielberg has his John Williams and everything. Uh, um, and the score is so good. Uh, the trailer. I'm actually surprised how bought in I am to this because I mean I like Adam's Family, but I've never considered myself like a huge Adam's Family fan or anything like that. Like you know, I enjoy those two movies and everything, but I like that the sh- the premise at least is that you know it's Wednesday going to an academy, the Nevermore Academy, and it's kind of like her going through school with a bunch of other abnormal people, you know, people that you know are like <laughs> witches or monsters or whatever. Like it, I don't know, this looks very fun and very cool. Kind of gives me a lot of um, Halloween Town sort of vibes, but with a Tim Burton aesthetic on top of it. Oh, like a dark Halloween Town. Yes, yes, it, it looks it looks very good, uh, and I'm excited for Jenna Ortega. She is very quickly establishing herself as a horror queen right now. Um, here, I kind of just want to like quickly go over some of the projects that she's done in horror. So she's been on the show. She is on the Netflix series You. She was in the Netflix uh, film Babysitter Killer Queen. This year alone, Studio Six Sixty Six X. And Scream, uh, those three movies came out this year, and she was wow. a fan favorite from the movie Scream, and she was excellent in the movie X, and now she's doing Wednesday. She's very quickly becoming a icon in horror right now. Goth queen, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I also loved her in You. I don't know if you've watched that, but it is legitimately scary and creepy and it's a really well done show there's a lot of bodies i've been told by a lot of people i need to check that show out because i really like the movie or i really like the show dexter and those books and i've been told if you like that you'll like you yeah there are definitely similarities but it is far more threatening um because i mean pen badgley wow I would never want to be stalked by him. He's so good. He's so creepy and scary. And it's such an interesting turn because most of us know him from Gossip Girl, where he's like the like young and scrappy and he's trying to like make friends and get in with these rich kids and he's the underdog. And then here you're like, oh no. <laughs> it's it's so awesome when people and actors are kinda like kinda do that twist against type. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of makes me think of Sebastian Stan uh, when he did that movie Fresh he is fucking 
lunatic in that movie. Um, this is, he's so deliciously sinister in that movie. It's so good. Um, I still have to see that, but it sounds amazing. It's it is. Uh, we we should definitely cover that at some point. <laughs> um, but for for Wednesday, you know, this is coming to Netflix. I believe on. November 23rd. So by the time this episode's out, this show is probably already out and going. Should we do something for Wednesday on the podcast? Like like some sort of like, I don't imagine like an episode by episode recap, but just like some sort of content on that show. Yeah, I would love for us to talk about the tra- or the pilot, whatever happens, uh, because I love a good creepy school. Oh my gosh. It, the Nevermore Academy looks like... Mm, I don't want to compare it to anything we've seen because I feel like that will lighten it up. Mm-hmm. I want it to almost be like a Hill House level of like strangeness. It's bizarre. It's unexpected. You walk down this hallway one day and you walk down the same hallway the next and it's different. Mm, that's very cool. And it kind of reminds me of Hogwarts a little bit, just like with how like the staircase is always changing. Um, and a little bit. It, I'm just kind of thinking because it's like still like an academic setting. So, so, so I went there instead of Hill House, but I like the Hill House feel more. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that it feels more like Hill House in that it's more mysterious because to tie it to Hogwarts, one of the, I think, most fun things over the course of the Harry Potter books was like learning more about what's inside Hogwarts, all the different places to explore and find. And so if we get something similar with Nevermore Academy, where it's like Wednesday's plot, these other characters plot, this creepy, interesting school, the grounds around it, like there's just so much to explore. Yes, I'm excited for like seeing how Nevermore Academy is like a character onto itself and kind of like learning all of that. Yeah, I think that's gonna be very cool. And it kind of, has like the the trailer at least kind of has a vibe of this is it it almost feels like it could play out as a who's done it sort of thing because at least like the trailer i watched it kind of depicted how like i think there is a murder that takes place and is like there's this monster going around doing these like sinister things so i'm very interested in seeing how all that's going to be a monster maybe maybe a monster maybe a student um, actually, that reminds me of a book I read forever ago called Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey, and it takes place at like a magical academy, but similar to this, it's the more serious kind of sinister place with real competition and enemies and weird things between teachers and students, um, and there's a murder in the very first chapter, mm, and so cool. it kind of reminds me of that. Very cool. I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, so Wednesday's coming to Netflix yep, towards the end of November, and we'll we'll definitely be revisiting that sometime on the podcast because I'm very interested for takes on it, whether it's good or bad. I'm interested in everyone's takes on that. Um, yeah, we'll both be <laughs> watching it, whether or not we talk about for it on sure. here. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that now we have to, even if it's bad. It was like five minutes. Like, oh wow, this was not good. I, I doubt that's going to okay, happen. Sure. I doubt that's going to happen, but. I doubt it, too. I mean, we've got Tim Burton, Danny Elfman. We've got people who have been in horror pretty steadily. I, I feel good about it. Is it weird that I'm most excited for just the, like, the, the visual stuff that's in it? Like, I'm very excited stylistically just to see how things are because they have that in the trailer. They have this very awesome uh, moment where she meets her roommate and, like, 
the room is like decorated very interestingly like the, there's this beautiful stained glass colored stained glass window that they have mm-hmm. and then we see that she like hates color so her half of the stained glass is just clear glass and the other half is colored so i don't know i'm <laughs> like very excited to like see all the, like these cool stylistic choices that they make to populate this world I, i'm very interested in that yeah absolutely i as a longtime Tim Burton fan, I feel like one of the best things he brings is this overall aesthetic and vibe and f- look and feel where you're just fully in this like gothic world. Okay, so so looking looking at the rest of the grid, so you, you kind of mentioned two other things in horror news that you wanted to bring up. Uh, this interesting CGI test that came out on Instagram. Yeah, so this week, uh, from I think Bloody Disgusting maybe covered it first, we got a never-before-seen CGI test from Guillermo del Toro when he was working on At the Mountains of Madness, which, by the way, is a a novella by H.P. Lovecraft from the 1930s. I haven't read it, but what it's about is basically a an Antarctic expedition that encounters unspeakable horrors, which sounds so fun. Oh my gosh. Uh, and this, <laughs> this CGI test is so fucking weird and bizarre. Yeah, it honestly, I love it. It looks great. It's very short, what, like 15 second clip or something like that. I could put links in the show notes so people can view that as well. Yeah, we're basically in this like ice cave and we have a, a an expeditioner um, who is like focused on, on their stuff. And at the mouth of the cave, this, I want to say monster, but it doesn't even describe it because it's like shifting and changing and its face and its body are constantly turning into something else and morphing as it's moving closer to this expeditioner (laughs) it's so creepy it's so creepy i wasn't expecting the tentacle sound effects to be in this test (laughs) i was i was fully expecting it to just be like mute or something like that but i don't know that Mm -hmm. (laughs) that sent me over the edge a little bit i mean i think guillermo del toro is kind of a master at again that kind of bizarre monstrosity Mm -hmm. like he loves building monsters and like the creepiest most unsettling monsters and so i i don't think this this particular movie is ever going to come out from the sounds of it but uh relatedly there is another movie based on um at the mountains of madness and it, we got a trailer for it because it just won some fancy awards. And let me see. Sorry, I lost, I lost my, uh, what's this one called? Freeze. Okay, yes. So I, <laughs> I was looking at this one because I was browsing through Bloody Disgusting. And when I saw At the Mountains of Madness um, and something related, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have to watch this trailer that Bloody Disgusting describes as Lovecraftian fish monster movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, uh, so I, I watched it too. It, that is a very apt way of describing it. Yeah, the links in the show notes to, to visit the, um, the, the trailer itself. But yeah, it, this thing does look like the creature from, the, from Black Lagoon just in Antarctica. <laughs> it does. I, so I will say the trailer, the movie is clearly low budget, but I don't think it's bad. 
Um, and I mean, obviously, we haven't seen it, but this just won uh, the best film award this year at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. At the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, we should go to that one year. That sounds wild. <laughs> Man, the the cosmic horror stuff is it's so bizarre and interesting to me. It it makes me so uncomfortable watching those types of movies. Not not gonna lie, <laughs> I watched the I Color Out of Space. I think is what it's called. It's star- Nicholas Cage is actually in it. Beautiful movie, you know, other Lovecraftian thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it is just like it's kind of hard to get through just because of how like the themes that he gets into and like how like sad these things are they don't always end on a positive note (laughs) they never end on a positive note that's kind of like the thing to to cosmic horror and so for people who aren't familiar lovecraftian is like the traditional term people are using cosmic horror now more to describe like all the authors that have taken these concepts and ideas and are like running with them and exploring things and building new stories around them. Um, but yeah, cosmic horror is all about how we are ants <laughs> 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 and that there are like beasts and monsters and things and beings out there that want to like suck our brains out or like take over this dimension it's just extremely strange mm-hmm. and watching this is going you know further into that genre how other people have kind of adapted lovecrafting and things to to other media um this whole mm-hmm. trailer for freeze it reminded me of this batman comic called the doom that came to gotham it's mm-hmm. very much lovecraftian like a batman lovecraftian story cool it's bizarre it is i highly recommend it because it's a 1920s batman story uh so like it's batman said 1920s and it's very yeah uh it's very punk uh, uh, uh steampunk aesthetic to it and everything it's also very gothic and it's bi- bizarre there's like the most the, <laughs> the most bizarre thing happens in this with with the two-faced character i don't want to spoil here but uh definitely check that out and th- so what I'm getting at, this trailer reminded me a lot of that because the setup, pretty much everything that happens in this trailer with the the, the ship find, like, being stranded in Antarctica mm-hmm. and finding this cave, that is the setup for the doom, came to, the doom that came to Gotham. So I love it. Oh my gosh. So also probably inspired by At the Mountains of Madness. Probably. Probably it is. That's cool. The things it most reminded me of this trailer are... Like the X Files and Supernatural monster episodes, where like it, yes, it's about the monster, but it's not really about the monster. It's about being in this like barren, desolate landscape, and your eyes play tricks on you, and you don't know what to expect, and you don't know what's here, and it's mysterious horror. Does it also kind of like play into like who you're stuck with, like the crew you're stuck with, like whether or not you could trust them, oh, or like what's like happening totally. to them? That's actually one of the best X-Files episodes, in my opinion, takes place at an Antarctic research base. And so Mulder and Scully, the, there's so much to mine here. There's so much horror <laughs> about being like stuck at the end of the world, snowed in, unreachable, with like five other people and a monster. Not to mention this <laughs> specific movie, Freeze, takes place in the year 1812, I believe. It's the 1800s. So there's that's a whole other level of disconnect. So much scarier. Yes. Oh my gosh. And like the we I think take for granted the level of like mythology and lore and um 
like urban legends that we are familiar with Mm -hmm. because it just like has suffused our culture. But I don't think people in that time were nearly as familiar and they didn't have the the cross pollination of cultures and regions and languages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're really out in nature knowing very little about the world. Very true. That's it. It, it, it. It's a cool concept. So I will say, like like you said, the trailer does look cheap, but... It, Low budget, not cheap. I almost think it was... There's a difference. There is. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Anyways, um, I'm going... <laughs> I'm moving on from that. Um, <laughs> I think it does look low budget, yes. Um, but I do think that it does have potential to be a fun hang, so... I'll, I'll be mm-hmm. interested to see how that turns out. Yeah, so that's it for the uh, Mountains of Madness related news for now. <laughs> but keep an eye out because it is interesting to consider just how many things have been inspired by this one story. And that's the news in Cosmic Horror, more at 11. Before we get to the <laughs> Jennifer's Body trailer talk, I wanted to quickly plug an article from Horror Press. This is not a very new or recent article came out a couple months ago, but I was kind of like skimming through the articles and getting caught up on some things. And there's this, uh, one of the writers on there, Tiffany Taylor, she is fantastic. Uh, I really like how she, you know, formats her articles and everything. Cause she does all these, like these subheadings and things like that. So I kind of like love how like she like sections these things off and segments them. And she has this article on the conjuring's Bathsheba underrated movie monster and i've never really thought about how people don't talk enough about bathsheba as a horror villain and horror movie monster because the conjuring is like one of the to me one of the scariest movies i've seen i think it's like one of those movies where like i still like feel anxious after i watch it i'm still like questioning noises i hear in my house for a couple of days um (laughs) and so i was in Tiffany Taylor, you know, as she always does, she did a great job uh, doing some mm-hmm. research on the movie and kind of like getting to the backstory about Bathsheba and who this person was. And something that was news to me. So I don't know if I've said this on the show before. I think I've told this to you, Orlean, before, but I'm related to Rebecca Nurse, who was one of the witches killed during the Salem witch trials. And in Tiffany Taylor's kind of like research on who Bathsheba was and, and like, in the movie, I mean, Bathsheba mm-hmm. Sherman was a real person, but like, I don't really think she was actually <laughs> practicing the witchcraft and sure. devoted herself to Satan. You know, I feel like all that is such Hollywood stuff. However, she is a descendant of Mary Eastie, who is the sister of Rebecca Nurse. So, mm. this lineage of witches. I am related to in this movie, and that was news to me. I never knew I had a. <laughs> weird tie that turns fictional into the conjuring universe and that's for whatever reason scares me even more now uh, <laughs> but There's i want a hint of reality <laughs> yes there is and i mean so have you seen the conjuring orlean no i'm too scared oh it is very frightening i do recommend watching <laughs> it at some point because it is just amazing it's so good but um i love how tiffany kind of like sums up her her kind of like thesis and everything for this um in her section the demon the witch and the wardrobe she goes into saying (laughs) bathsheba is unique in her evil as she held a human form haunts the grounds as a vengeful spirit yet has the powers of an unearthly demon 
Her humanity gives her the intimate knowledge of human weaknesses, and her demonic abilities allow her to use them against her intended victims, which is just splendidly evil in a way I've never thought about that complexity of that villain, because it is Mm -hmm. a person that sacrificed themselves to be possessed by a demon, and having like those two knowledges in one vessel, I never thought of how fucked up that is, so... um, (laughs) <laughs> very, very cool article from, from Tiffany Taylor. So I encourage everybody to head over to horrorpress.com. There are links in the show notes. And it's such an awesome website. So many other fun editorials on there uh, to, to go look at and check out. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. And actually did make me think of one thing that you and I briefly talked about. Because I haven't seen this movie and I googled Bathsheba. And uh, looks like we've got some Christian mythology slash horror mixed into The Conjuring, potentially. Oh. A hundred percent is because this is like one of the the Warren like exorcisms that they did. So mm-hmm. like Catholicism is all over this movie. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. Again, another reason why it scared me growing up Catholic. You're just like <laughs> kind of like ingrained to be scared of shit like this. So it was just like hitting like all those checkpoints for me. <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. I think at some point we should do a deep dive on Catholic horror. Hundred percent. Maybe. I was going to say in the U.S., but I bet Catholic horror gets really interesting outside the U.S. Especially too. in Europe, I bet. Right? Yeah. And South America? Anyway, if anyone knows any good like Catholic horror, let us know. Let us know if we should do a deep dive. Um, have you ever seen this movie called Spotlight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to call real life horror. Uh, let's get into Jennifer's Body trailer talk. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, watch that and we'll discuss. something cute okay you always do what jennifer tells you to do it's just that i like the same things that she likes hey jennifer you look really pretty why don't you just come by my place that was random this isn't really your house is it we can play mommy and daddy no way (laughs) we always share your bed when we have slumber parties Jennifer's evil. I know. No, I mean, she's actually evil. Not high school evil. Chip is looking really cute to me lately. How is he tasting these days? You are never a good friend. You could have anybody that you want. Why Chip? You're killing people. No, I'm killing boys. Are you scared? I only murder boys. I go both ways. I will finish you if I have to. Okay. You can barely finish gym class. Jennifer's body was released on September 18th, 2009, and had a budget of $16 million. Its opening weekend grossed $6 million at the box office and had a worldwide box office of $31 million, kind of turning out to be a flop. On Rotten Tomatoes, it currently holds a 46% with the critics and a 35% with the audience score. 
on Letterboxd. It has 3.5 stars out of 5. And Roger Ebert gave this movie 3 out of 4 stars, which I was kind of surprised about, honestly. Orlean, getting into this trailer for Jennifer's Body, because that is our next full episode that we've already recorded for. That was a very fun discussion. Um, what are kind of like some of your takeaway things from this trailer? What, like, what, watching this trailer, what does it make you expect the movie to be like and, and whatnot? Yeah, great question. From this trailer, I feel like I'm supposed to think, um, wow, Megan Fox is really hot. <laughs> like, right. Uh, true. But it, it sets up this interesting uh, idea where it's like, this girl is so fucking evil. <laughs> you know, like that's the vibe of the trailer that I got. You're right in that, like, you know, it's setting up to be like, wow, is a Megan Fox hot? The thing that I was so jarred with was that it opens up on her swimming in the nude and then immediately lets you know, hey, this is a high schooler. And it's like, whoa, don't do that to me. I know. <laughs> like, that's it. It. I feel like it plays with that line of like, she's so hot. She's so hot. Look at her being hot. Oh, she's in high school. Oh, she's so hot. <laughs> and it's like, it is. I don't know. I this trailer. I mean, I wouldn't have seen the movie based on it, and in fact, I didn't. Like when this trailer came out, I didn't see the movie for years, thirteen years, um, because it seems to be setting up like this hot girl. She kills, and like that seems to be the story. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. Like it doesn't. It, it sets that up as like she she's the villain in this, which I mean. She is, but like, you know, we can... I mean, debatably, which we did debate. Yeah, yeah, we did debate because like, <laughs> it does leave out a certain third party that is more evil in this. Kind of an important part of the plot. Yeah, and... Something something happens to her. Yes, uh, they do show the kill with Kyle Gallner's character in this, which is, I think, like pretty much very much establishes kind of the M.O. of the demonic Megan Fox in this, which I thought was kind of cool and kind of leads you to believe that this is going to be, you know, like a, maybe a higher body count or seducing people mm-hmm. the whole movie. It did lead me to believe that this looks like a vampire movie, though, in this. Oh, yeah. I actually, when they do the, the silhouette um, after that kill, it mm-hmm. does ring like vampire werewolf um that kind of silhouette which is not really what the movie is yeah so it's fun because like it kind of like plays onto like this character has always been this monster you know like it like she's always been like this vampire that's been seducing and eating people or whatever um yeah that's exactly what it sets up and then also it sets up with you know in every high school there's the girl everybody wants to be friends with. And then it's like, look, Amanda Seyfried, she has glasses and pulled back hair. And she is desperately wanting to be friends with Megan Fox. And actually, that's not even accurate. No, it's not. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's again, it, it's like it's putting Megan Fox on a pedestal in this trailer to like set up like this is what you want to watch, you know, and like like. Which is, yeah, it's so strange because she is the star. She is 100 percent. But is she the protagonist? Is she the antagonist? It's actually more complex than the trailer makes it seem. Yeah, and the trailer kind of like does this back and forth thing between them two. Because I find it interesting that uh, Seyfried's character is narrating most of the trailer uh, and Megan Fox isn't. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of cool showing how like in the the trailer besides 
her killing people, it poises that the main conflict is going to be them fighting over Chip in, in this movie. Because, like, the trailer really emphasizes about her, like, how Megan Fox is now saying, like, Chip is looking kind of cute these days. What does he taste like? And then Man and Seyfried wanting to, like, fight and kill her. So, like, that's what, the, at least to me, the trailer poises, like, oh, Megan Fox is this, you know, succubus. And Man the main eater. conflict is that <laughs> now she's wanting to go after her best friend's boyfriend. And that's, that's the movie. That, that's what it poises to be. Oh. See, I thought it was a slightly different high school lens of Megan Fox on the pedestal, has no friends, has no boyfriends. Amanda Seyfried is like looking up at her, both wanting to be here and wanting to be with her. Mm. And that's what I saw more than like we're fighting over Chip. That's a good point because they do have that like quick glimpse of the makeout scene in it. Right. And like it's a lot of high school movies is like, do I want you or do I want to be with you? True. Yeah. Um, And like there's this adds like, or do I want to kill you? (laughs) (laughs) True, true, true. Um, (laughs) I will say the the editing in this trailer is splendidly. It's it's so good because it. Because since we've both seen the movie, I was able to tell where they got certain cuts from, like when the scenes blended into like one right. seamless thing for the to make to trick you into thinking that this was all like one scene, like Amanda Seyfried is kicking Megan Fox, or when Megan Fox is trying to right. seduce Chip, like her like unzipping her sweater and all that. It's like, oh wow, they like really they went like the extra mile to like tell a very different story from what's going on in the actual movie. Yeah, so I'd love to talk about based on this trailer. Who were they trying to get to go see this movie in 2009? Horny boys. Horny boys. <laughs> <laughs> Horny boys and by curious women. I don't know. Like, that's, that's who it is. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you, but I think that's why it took me 13 years to see this movie. Because I was like, yeah, sure, Megan Fox is hot, but like, that's not enough of a draw to see a movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't touch on... <sighs> Like, I don't think it does. I don't think the trailer really touched on a lot of like the feminist themes that the movie kind of presents. Like I'm <laughs> Right. Like the the friendship between girls is not shown in the trailer at all. It is presented as like them fighting over dudes. She wants her there at conflict. Right. And like they're best friends in the movie. Mm-hmm. They're actually best friends, whatever that means. Like Right. And so Yeah, so it it sexed everything up, but it also simplifies things to where you're like, oh, I don't need to see that. I, I just saw the movie. <laughs> yeah, no. If if you haven't seen the movie and you're kind of just going based off this trailer, trailer is a little deceiving. I mean, like the movie does very much glorify Megan Fox's appearances mm-hmm. in this, but like it's there's a lot more to it than that. And I actually really liked it um, for plot reasons. Um, I, yeah, it was, me too. Yeah, it was... Honestly, like, it was very nostalgic too, because in this trailer is also so two thousand. It's it has like that two thousands grunge to it, and but movies like don't... punky, poppy, yeah. like yes, yeah. and it lets you know it's punky and poppy because like they have this whole um at, at the end of the trailer, this whole list of like the the different bands from like music yes, that you and hear I love from. them all. Yes, I love them all. <laughs> oh my god, like the the Panic at the Disco song that's in this and everything. Oh my gosh! And uh, what what's that one band like Cobra Starship or whatever? Um, like I totally forgot mm-hmm. about them. 
so the, the oh, soundtrack so is so good. so much good stuff in here. So, so good. good. If you... If you liked that punky, poppy, emo-y sound, like, you're going to like this. Yes, for sure. And we had a lot of fun talking about it, too. Uh, that might end up being a longer episode. We almost talked for two hours. Um, tr- having a difficult time finding stuff that I want to cut out. But uh, definitely come back next week to hear our discussion on Jennifer's body. Yeah, there's actually so much to say. We even break down, like, what went into that title. Right, because yeah. Again, it's seemingly simple, but actually there's a lot to break down. Um, it's, yeah, I, I totally recommend it. And don't, don't buy un- into this trailer too much. Right, yeah. I mean, and don't you want to know what those gifts are? Because I feel like I see a Jennifer's Body gif on Twitter every day. So. I know, and now I know what they mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I did want to, before we wrap things up, I did want to read some excerpts from Roger Ebert's review of this movie, which, again, okay. he gave three out of four stars, which I was genuinely surprised by. I expected him to not like this movie, but he did, apparently. And I do think he got some stuff wrong, though, in his... Mm-hmm. I won't read his full essay, um, but some quick hits. He did call this Twilight for Boys. Uh. Not really. I don't think that's an accurate it's description. Not, it's not at all. It's not Twilight for Boys at all. Um, he did say, though, uh, he would rather watch Jennifer's Body again versus Twilight. So there's that. I mean, same. Yeah. Same. Same. But I mean, like, that's such a that's a weird bar. That's, it's, it's like he just grabbed it because it was in the ether at the same time. Yes. And again, I mean, like, I don't know, how, how much was his mind still affected by the marketing going into the movie? Um, of course although i i still have to question like yes it was aimed at horny teenage boys but they are being murdered in the trailer so why would you want to go see a movie where you're being murdered see our discussion that we had about men women and chainsaws like i remember she got into that a little bit but like there's really Mm -hmm. no character for men to identify with besides the slasher killer and jennifer's body you don't even get that because it's Megan Fox going around killing people. Right. So why would Teenage Boys connect with this movie? I think it was meant for me. 100% meant for me. Yeah. No, they, they definitely should have. I remember Mana Seyfried even said that in one for interviews. This was a few years after the fact. But she said that this was her favorite movie that she's done. And at the time of this interview, it included Mamma Mia in her filmography. Oh, nice. And she said that, like, you know, we thought that we'd made this really fun movie for the masses and the masses didn't show up. And oh. I know, but so I want to quickly read uh, how how Roger Ebert ends his review. He he says Fox did her career a lot of good with the two Transformer movies, but this is her first chance to really perform. And you know what? She comes through. She has your obligatory projectile vomiting scene and somehow survives it. <laughs> she plays the role straight, and she looks great in a blood drenched dress with her hair all straggly amanda seyfried makes a plucky heroine so i agree yeah that's absolutely. great that he could see that mm-hmm. yeah i'm glad that because didn't you say that you saw a lot of harsh reviews on megan fox or just the movie as so, a whole so many harsh reviews um some major critics panned it so hard that i'm embarrassed for them looking back because like I don't know why you even felt that strongly. It seems a clear case of this is about something else. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, there, there's a lot to this movie. There's a lot to it. And I love that Roger Ebert liked it. 
again, I feel like he didn't exactly just reading the rest of his review he he still missed the point mm-hmm. on some stuff by still calling it twilight for boys which is just not true i mean the the trailer is twilight for boys i will give him that <laughs> kind of but again you're being murdered why is this hot it horror does that that they blend sex and murder in like this weird psychosexual thing which we talked about in men women and chainsaws too but yeah it's weird I mean, and it's the same with Twilight. Like Twilight is a horror movie. It's a horror series, but it is the way the tone and how it's presented is what like morphs it from horror into this like weird broken fantasy. Right. Right. Whereas Jennifer's body, like there's not even a broken fantasy unless you're like the the silly comments like god, I'd let her murder me, but for real. <laughs> like what is that? <laughs> Oh my god. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's so good. Um, but yeah, be sure to check out Jennifer's Body. Be sure to go check out horrorpress.com and come back next week for our full episode on Jennifer's Body from 2009. Um, Orlean, do you have It's any- so great. You all don't even know yet how great it is. <laughs> it, it's very good. Um, Orlean, any other closing thoughts before we uh, head out today? No, I'm super excited for all the things we talked about and... I definitely want to hear from folks. Like, if you know things we should be watching or checking out, let us know. 100%. Uh, please, yeah, reply or comments below on the Instagram post. You could tweet at me, at Brooker Horror. Uh, or, Lee, where, where can they find you on the, the interwebs? So, you can find me at Spooky Orlean. Although, on Twitter, my current display name is Spooky Aura Spleen. <laughs> just for fun. Just, just for fun. <laughs> so good. Um... Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please be sure to share with friends and family. I want to thank everybody over on the Patreon, Tiffany, James, Cleveland, and Jasher. You guys are awesome. There's some fun stuff coming there in the future. Um, and I want to thank HorrorPress again for being an awesome partner. HorrorPress.com. Links in the show notes. I'll see you guys next time with the full review of Jennifer's Body. Be sure to watch some good movies. Goodbye. Bye.